With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm your host, Gail Sylvia, but actually, this is Cindy Perlman's show. I'm going to turn it right over to Cindy Perlman. How are you, Cindy? I am so great, Gail. Nice to talk to you again today. How are you? Always excited to hear your voice and um, to have a conversation with you, Cindy. I end each of our talks on air and off air just with a, a spring in my step and feeling so inspired. Uh, also joining us today is Annette Ross. She's back again. Hi, Annette. Hello, hey, Gail. Hello, Cindy. Wonderful to be Hi, here. Uh, it's so great to have you back on the show, Cindy. It's your it's your time. Tell us what 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 you ha- what's been brewing. Well, first I have to tell you guys I am still just uh, I think levitating or something because yesterday. I mean, I've been an entertainment journalist for about 30 years, but yesterday I interviewed Barbara Streisand. I could barely even say the words because, let's say them again, Barbara Streisand. <laughs> I just, I mean, people are saying Babs. No, 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 we cannot call her Babs. It is Miss Barbara Streisand. So it was, it was so exciting for her new movie, The Guilt Trip, which opens in a week. But, I mean, she she couldn't have been kinder or nicer and just such a legend. What was the um uh, what made it such a highlight for you, Cindy? You know, the funny thing was, you know, we did the interview about our movie and that was funny. But, you know, I also write a beauty column for stylegoestrong.com. So eventually I had to get into some beauty tips with her and Barbara's always had a very weird thing about how she looks. You know, she could never get that nose fixed because she has such a God-given singing talent. And if she got her nose fixed, it could change that. And she's always, in all her movies and a lot of interviews, talked about how she's never felt pretty in her life. And it's just been a a thing that's haunted her. So I finally said, you know, you look gorgeous in this movie. She does. She looks so just naturally pretty. And at age 70, which it's hard to believe she's 70, but at age 70 she said, don't even say that. She goes, I am just so consumed with self-doubt when it comes to that. And she's like, then she said something really sort of beautiful. She said, if you think I'm pretty, it's probably because I still have a real childish enthusiasm for life. And she's like, my husband, James Brolin, and I, we have a, a Winnebago type of vehicle we get in the Winnebago. We go see America. She's and she said, you know, we stay up till three o'clock in the morning every night, just having fun and laughing and watching movies. And she goes, I just, you know, if you see a pretty face, she goes, it's just a childlike wonder that I still have. Wow, wow. 
So what were the beauty um, tips that also inspired you from that conversation with her? You know, she would not give any beauty tips beyond that, but she kept saying, when do we eat? Is there food here? I want to eat. I'm always starving. <laughs> and, and in person, you guys, I know it doesn't seem like it sometimes on screen. She is teeny, tiny, small. I mean, she has arms like twigs, and she was in a beautiful shirt that kind of had little cutouts at the shoulders and, and wearing leggings. And she, I mean, she looked like, you know, very thin, very great figure. And But she kept saying, like, when, when do we eat? Where's the food? And then she also said, uh, in this movie, she she plays a mom to Seth Rogen, and they end up on a road trip. She's his mom. She's in her sixties. He's her grown son. He's kind of he's kind of thinks she's a pain. She talks a lot. She sort of bosses him around, and uh, it's a really cute film about you know if you're an adult child, you do how much responsibility do you have to your growing older parent. And how much, you know, do you get to have a life and not let them really infiltrate it all the time? So a, a great topic and uh, fun fun movie, but poignant. People should go see it with their parents. With their parents? It will bring up so many discussions, though. Don't go see it if you don't want to have the discussion. Go see it with your fa- just your husband or wife or whatever if you don't want to have the discussion. If you want to have it with your mom... You are talking about issues on the way home. Like, why don't you call me? Why don't you do stuff with me? Why don't you listen to my opinion? If you go see this with your mom, you are going to be talking, talking, talking. <laughs> How? What? What did you learn or observe from your own personal life experiences with your parents from that movie? You know, it it makes you feel a little sad as an as a child of aging parents because. Her, the mom character takes it for a long time, like every eye roll from him, every time he just ignores her when she has really good advice for him in business. And finally she explodes at a certain point and she's like, don't you think I haven't seen that you're rude to me? You don't, you know, you don't value my opinion. I'm sort of this burden to you that you feel like a chore that you have to take care of. You have to call me so much. You, it's like a chore to you. And it did really make you stop and think, you know, wait a minute, it, it's hard. It's a hard situation. I have so many friends going through it. But but you should give your elderly parent respect. I mean, the movie shows that she really does have a, some great business ideas for him. And, she, you know, she really loves him more than anybody and wants the best for him. So it does sort of make you stop and think, you know, okay, I'm going to maybe talk to my mom for five more minutes and say, what do you think? and really value her opinion and not treat her like, okay, this is my last task at the end of the day. i got to call my mom, and I gotta, I'll give her five minutes, even mm-hmm. though we're all so busy. And it's hard. It's like there's no right and wrong. It's tough on both sides. But as, elder, as children of elderly adults, sometimes we have to take a deep breath and say, you know, they have a lot more time than us, and we just need to give them a little quality time versus just sort of putting in your time. I don't know if either one of you has heard of that book, The Maiden, the Mother, and the Crone. No, no I haven't. No. Well, it's all about it's about beauty, and it's about you know the young girl being beautiful and being desired and wanted, and then the mother, the women as the mother figure, and then the crone, which is when a woman who's who's older, and how that was supposed to be the role of the wisdom and people coming to you, like you were explaining about the mother in this movie. 
you know, for advice and for their valued experiences and that they've gotten through things in life and how that's become lost today. So it's sort of an, it's sort of just a little, you know, it's interesting because I do think that we don't value those roles enough sometimes because people who get to those ages have gone through things. There's no way not to, right? And they have experiences to share and wisdom to offer. How do we, how do we preserve it? You know, I think the movie shows, I mean, he ends up taking his mom on a cross-country road trip. It's a spur-of-the-moment decision. And most of us would think, oh, my God, can you imagine going cross-country with your mom? And she is. She's bugging him, like, you didn't drink enough water today. You're not wearing a jacket. You know, it just never stops talking. I mean, but in a way, it, it becomes a beautiful thing for them. So I think... I think sometimes you have to just bite the bullet and really spend some time with your with your growing older parents. I mean, you'll never be sorry for spending that time ever. It's kind of interesting. You said bite the bullet. <laughs> you have. I mean, you see the look on his face, like, oh my god, I'm going to be trapped in a car with her. And the funny little joke is, he he rents an SUV, but she's always trying to save money. So she's like, you don't need an SUV. You're wasting your money on gas. Oh my God! So she she switches it, and they have the teeniest, tiniest compact car. So he literally is cross country, three inches away from his mom, who nonstop just sort of needles him and bugs him, and just never stops. And you see it on his face, like he wants to just jump out of the car. But you know, it's it is what it is. Sometimes, what are you going to do? What do you never spend time with them? But there's some point in our lives when we actually love our parents and enjoy being with them. We want to cuddle up with them. We want to be near them. Where do you think the transition happens? I think, you know, once you can get past what your hot-button issues are, I mean, for him, she's just never ending about the little things like, you know, his you're going to catch a cold, oh, my God, your feet got wet. If you can get past little needling things that probably will never change, then he really talks to her. He asks her questions about her past. He learns about her first boyfriend. He never knew that about his mom. And she learns things that he proposed to a girl. She never knew he proposed to this girl when he was just out of high school. I mean, I think if you really talk to them like a friend, it could, it could maybe change things. It really it could as you get to know. And it's interesting to get to know things about them that you never knew. Um, Annette, you have daughters. You know, you have young children right now. Can you imagine that there would be a day when they wouldn't want to be with you? Yes. I mean, I never. <laughs> my 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 fourteen year old right now is ha- we're having that sort of experience of a little bit of her peers who sometimes, by the way, I just want to offer this up, will give the exact same advice that I do, but she'll say, Mom, they said this. And I'm like, well, didn't I say the same thing? Yes, but okay. But I never would have thought that they they would weigh in and it would matter more to Natalie than what I'm saying, and I'm abs- and I'm always looking out for her probably more than, than they ever probably could, but I see it her breaking away and the peers meeting more now and, a little bit of more lack of what I had what I had to say not weighing in as heavily as I would like and that has been honestly the biggest struggle in my life at the moment. If you're just talking about currently 
to date, that's what's happening in my life that is like a disturbing phenomenon to me because we've, she's my first daughter. We've been amazingly close been through so much as a family, and she's breaking away a little bit, and I know it's natural, but I never would have thought she would roll her eyes at me or be like, oh, mom, or, you know, I don't know, she made some sort of a comment about sex or something, I don't know why, like, geez, I hope you and dad aren't still having sex, I'm like, gee, we should be, <laughs> and I just thought, and she's like, she got really, like, she made this petrified look, and I'm like, you don't, no, you're the one who's not supposed to be having it, I'm the one who's supposed to be having it. But, you know, she just said some really offbeat things, and so I thought, wow, I wonder if right now, like I see my dad as a man and a person and as my father, I'm just her mother right now. Someday she will reflect on me as a woman, as as a person who's married to her dad. We're her parents right now, and the fact that she's repulsed by the idea that her parents, you know, I would think she would think of that as a great thing. It's so funny, the face she made. Um so, I mean, I'm getting to know her in this transitional time, and our relationship is changing a little bit, and it will, I believe fully, and that it will come around, like like Cindy was saying. I give my dad a lot of time. When I have a real perplexing situation, thank goodness he's of sound mind, I can still call him, and I know where his alliance is, his allegiance is. I know he will give me moral advice sound advice. He won't only tell me what I want to hear. He will actually put it to me. Um, you know, he will give me everything that I need in terms of when I really have a, a situation going on. So I value that. I wish I could give him more time, too. He recognizes that. I'm lucky my dad is the kind of person who gets that. But, wow, when I call him up and I have a need, he is on it. And he has got, you know, and then the support and the encouragement. The, oh, Annette, you're still a great mom. Oh, Annette, you are so loved. That kind of a thing. Which, wow, your parents, I mean, who loves you really? I mean, if, if you're lucky in this life, more than them. Was it, would it have been the same with your mom? No, actually, no. She was just a more complicated person, and no. I have, um, I, I wish, I'm, I'm so enjoying my relationship with my daughters because of that situation with my mom, which is, we sort of touched on last conversation with Cindy. So, yes, parental relationships don't always go that beautifully. I've had both sides of that, and I'm so glad that I had someone. I think what's great about my daughters is they have Bill and me. Um, we both adore them. There are certain times they, they go to their dad. They think he's sort of cooler, which is shocking, I know. It annoys me, actually. Like, dad will let us listen to the rap music as loud as we want, and I'm like, turn that thing down. I can't. So they think their dad is really cool and fun, and he is, but they definitely come to me at around 10.30 or 11 p.m. with their tears and their needing comfort and their insecurities, and then I'm the person that they come sit next to in bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. How about you, Cindy? Well, it's funny. You know, I have a 10-year-old stepdaughter now, so, you know, she's starting to like boys, and there's a little boy across the street that we affectionately call skinny jeans. He's this little boy. He's nine. He he has, like, the little skinniest legs, and he wears skinny jeans all the time. <laughs> I mean, not, to, not in front of him, but I'll be like, oh, skinny jeans came and called on you today. But, I mean, she's now she's asking me questions about boys, and, oh, my God, you guys, I don't know. I'm 48. I don't know. I mean, she's like, why do boys? 
ignore you, and then they like you, then they ignore you again. And I'm thinking, wait, I need to come up for, with an answer to this, I guess. But it is, it is funny that uh, you know she she does like like you said she she goes to her dad for different things. But I guess I've become sort of the counsel on boys lately. Which <laughs> you know, if you ever knew, you know, all my dating disasters of the past, it is it is sort of kind of hilarious. <laughs> Cindy, you also reviewed the the Hobbit recently, correct? Yeah, you know, I've been on this whirlwind uh, tour of Christmas movies for the Fun Times in Chicago, which is always great. But I've seen, I saw the Hobbit, and um, ladies, I have to say, the main Hobbit dwarf king, and I can't even believe I know these kind of things, but the dwarf king, who looks like he's about three feet tall in real life, is not only six foot tall, he looks like James Bond. His name is Richard Armitage. If you're by your computer, Google him immediately. Richard Armitage, he is so cute. I don't know if I can say that now that I'm married, but he is so, so (laughs) cute, you guys. He is, like, devastating handsome with a British accent. Hello, that's all we need to know. But he's right there. Just go see it for that because he's, like, the cutest dwarf king you've ever seen. How do they make uh, how do they make someone six feet tall appear to be a dwarf? You know, it's this director Peter Jackson who did all the amazing Lord of the Rings movies, and mm-hmm. and I I don't really like stuff like that, but I loved those movies, just fell in love with them. But he's just a technical whiz, and he you know he has this character called Gollum, which is this yeah. little shriveled creature. Yeah. That right there, I mean, they've it's been a few years since Lord of the Rings, and they've perfected the technology even more. Amazing! That creature looks amazing. Just for that, go see this movie. He, it's it's chilling. So, which also means my friend Joyce now, when she leaves me phone messages, uses the Gollum voice. Which we're, ba- <laughs> we're back eerie. on that. <laughs> I know. I, I couldn't even. But she's pretty good. So. Um, she also once impersonated Della Reese, who I had a phone interview with, and, and Joyce thought it was funny to call me and say she was Della. And three questions, and then I realized, wait a minute, this is not really this Della is Joyce. Reese. This yeah. is Joyce. So, but, yeah, I saw The Hobbit, and I saw Hitchcock, which is uh, really great with Helen Mirren, who I love, and Anthony Hopkins. And But then I saw uh, Zero Dark Thirty about the capture of bin Laden. Mm. There's so many amazing, amazing holiday films this year. Yeah. Everybody should make sure to go see a few. They're really good ones this year. The one that would leave you, you know, that left you the most inspired and hopeful for 2013 and appreciative of such a wonderful 2012, which movie was that? You know, I do have to say, you know, one of my all-time favorites this year, and I know people are going to go, oh, I don't want to see that. But there is a movie coming out called The Impossible, and it is about the tsunami in Thailand, and it's the true story of a family. There was a mom, about a 10-year-old son, two tiny sons, like three and four, and her husband on vacation. The mom was a doctor in real life, and they were at the hotel. The tsunami swept over them, and they were split up. The mom and the son got caught in the rushing water. It just swept them away. The dad miraculously found the two little boys, the little boys, and they were alive, they were fine. And it becomes this journey, will this family ever find each other? 
they don't even know who's alive in the family. I mean, 240,000 people died in that tsunami. And it's, it's also just such a testament to not having preconceived notions because the mom, who is a doctor, cuts her leg, and she knows she's about to bleed to death. And they end up in what looks like the worst, disgusting, horrible hospital. It's like by the grace of God they even find a hospital. And these doctors look like you wouldn't even want them to put a Band-Aid on you. And you start to think they're not going to give her attention. You know, there's so many people. And, you know, I don't want to ruin the ending for people, but it just makes you sort of see, you know, human compassion in, in, in the face of tragedy and also a family that just will not give up. They want. They are going to find each other, no matter what. And and it, it, Naomi Watts plays the doctor, but it was really amazing at these interviews. They brought the real life woman in, who her name's Maria, and she's the doctor who survived. And it's it's amazing what she went through. And she and we all said, a bunch of journalists said, how did you keep going? I mean, she literally had to trek through the jungle with her leg bleeding out to get to this hospital with her 10-year-old son and this little 2-year-old they find along the way who's just lost in the in the middle of the jungle. And she said the only thing she had when she was out there was her faith and her instincts. And she said it was a time where she just, as a woman, thought, I'm just going to listen to my instincts. If my instincts say turn left here, I'm going to turn left. If it says don't go up this path, I'm not going to go up that path. And she's like, my instincts are what saved my life, with, with along with my faith. And uh, I mean, amazing film, you guys. It's called The Impossible. When is it out? Yeah, it's out. Different cities get it at different times. It's starting to come out this weekend in some of the big cities, and then it will come out slowly over the next few weeks in all the other cities. But it stars Naomi Watts, Ewan McGregor, and the. Little boy Tom Hooper, who plays the ten-year-old, is so amazing because he's not one of these lovable kids. He's sort of just a snotty ten-year-old kid to begin with, but his little grit when it comes to being in the jungle and saving his mom who's bleeding to death is—it's just—it's such an inspiring movie. I'd say go see it with your kids because it's—it's it's hard to watch the tsunami hit, but and you watch them just floating down this river of debris for a while. And it's just, you're like, I can't even believe they survived this part. But that that's just really the beginning. And then it goes on. So I definitely, you guys, it's a weird title, The Impossible, but that one just really, you're, you're going to hear a lot more about that one at Oscar time because it's just, so, it's an amazing movie. Um, Annette, were you going to ask Cindy a closing I question? Just, no, I just wanted, about that movie, I wanted to ask you, um, so she... She was she was she wasn't alone. She was with her son. She was with her son. She cut the back of her leg on a bunch of debris when they went, you know, when mm-hmm. the water rushed them away. And she she's a doctor, so she knew. She kept saying to her son, "Look at the back of my leg. Is it turning black?" She mm-hmm. knew once her leg started turning black, it was mm-hmm. she didn't have long. And <sighs> and then there's the whole topic of are they going to take her leg? I mean, just for her to survive. It's just, it's harrowing. Every, she knows. It's not like you or I who could convince ourselves, okay, it doesn't hurt that bad, we're we're going to make it. She knew what the, she knew how dire it was, and she also knew if she died in the middle of the jungle, what chance did her 10-year-old have, you know, to, to figure this out? 
And so it's just, and then they find, this is also amazing, they're, they're, they see a little boy, like, sitting by a tree, and obviously his family's gone, and they're like, do we stop and pick up this kid or just leave him? And they're like, it's so touching, they're like, this is the last thing we do before we die. We're going to take this little boy with us and try to save him. And they're like, maybe that'll be our last act on earth that we do, that we try to save this toddler. And it's just, I mean, it's, it, it, the little boy has a can of Coke with him, and they're, they're so thirsty, and it just becomes this whole survival thing. Then it's the three of them. And the last thing they need is a toddler to have to deal with. But it's all true. This, this all happened. And uh, now I don't want to ruin it for you, but they assume that the boy's parents are dead, but you find out later that people are looking for this boy too. And if they would have never plucked him out of the woods, he could have easily drowned. Anything could have happened. So it just is like momentary acts of kindness. I mean, such a good lesson for the holiday season. Wow. Thank you so much, Cindy. Oh, thank you guys, and happy holidays, and if everybody wants next week, I will do tons and tons of, I've been talking to a lot of beauty experts, so tons and tons of very cheap holiday beauty secrets and ways to look 10 years younger, which, you know, I say, let's let's go, let's do it. <laughs> Cindy Perlman, is always, you're awesome to be with. And Annette, thank you for joining us again. Oh, Thank you, Cindy. Thank you for okay. having me. Thank you yeah. so much. Oh, I love it. Anytime. Have you a wonderful have a day, week. ladies. Okay. Bye. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.